We have a Connect Night coming up. It's a Connect Evening on Thursday the 10th in our cafe. You just need to sign up for that. We'd love you to come and we'd love to meet you, talk to you a little bit about our vision and uh, what our purpose of our church is. So if you can just uh, uh, make yourself available of that, just go and sign up at the information desk. That will be great. We've also got a men's breakfast coming up uh, with John Partington. I hope those slides, I think they are coming up behind me. John Partington's a great friend of mine from the UK. He's actually uh, the UK national president of one of the denominations in England. Over 600 churches he oversights and we have the privilege of having him here uh, for a breakfast. He's a very, very funny man, very insightful, very well travelled and I know that you're really going to enjoy just hearing from him. He'll be with us on a Saturday morning for our men's breakfast and then also preaching here on a Sunday. Also, how many of you like Easter eggs? Put your hand up if you like Easter eggs. Well, Easter's just around the corner and we have our Easter services on Friday, Good Friday and also on Sunday, which will be our celebration service. We'd really love you to join with us, bring your families, tell your friends. That'll be absolutely fantastic. And one last announcement. We actually also have a seniors program that we run once a month. And that seniors program will be this Wednesday at 10 a.m. in our boardroom. So we'd love for you to attend that. I'm going to just get my wife to come up here. Why don't you give her a big hand as she comes today. And she's just going to introduce some people for you. Good morning, everybody, and welcome. This morning, we're going to enjoy a couple of items. Um, First of all, uh, I'm going to introduce to you a young lady who is from this congregation, Jackie Vella, who with her husband, Norm, has been part of the original group of people who made up this church. Jackie is a trained teacher, uh, but her main focus at the moment is uh, looking after her two beautiful boys. And Jackie has started singing when she was at school in choirs, But she's been a part of our worship team for about eight years. Uh, Today, in a minute, Jackie will be singing an old hymn that has been revamped, His Eyes on the Sparrow. But before Jackie comes, I want to introduce to you a special guest who's come all the way from Geelong this morning, a friend of ours, um, Tim Edwards. And I'll read his introduction here. After completing his secondary school education at the Geelong College, Tim studied singing at Cambridge University in England in 1989 before returning to Australia to continue his vocal training at the Victorian College of Arts. After winning Geelong Star Search in 1991, he sang with the Victorian State Opera between 92 and 96, while simultaneously running the highly successful regional theatre company Postcards Productions. Tim was awarded the Australia Day Council's Youth Citizen of the Year in 1995, the same year which he sang the role of Jean Vanjon, I didn't say that right, in the memorable uh, production Les Miserables. Asked by the Bathurst City Council in New South Wales to take on the role of the inaugural general manager of the Bathurst Entertainment Centre, Tim spent three years and $10 million leading the creation of an organisation and a facility from the ground up. He then returned to Victoria with his family in 2001 to pioneer a community church in Geelong. At the same time, overseeing the development of a chaplaincy program at two schools and a welfare organisation called One Care. Tim continued to sing regularly throughout this time with the the three Geelong tenors. After operating in a consultancy capacity for a short time, Tim spent 2011 in the position of Manager of Creative Communities with Regional Arts Victoria, followed by two years as the school chaplain at Westbourne Grammar School in Melbourne. 
At the beginning of 2014, Tim was excited to be given the wonderful opportunity to return to his school, the Geelong College, in the position of school chaplain. A pastor by gifting, Tim loves people with a father's heart, leads people with a vision and laughs with people at every given opportunity. Tim is passionate about God, people and life and spends a great deal of his time investing in the lives of those around him, encouraging them to stretch, to grow and to discover God for themselves. Tim and his wife Nikki have been married for 24 years and share a busy and rewarding life with their four young adult children. This morning... Welcome, Tim, as he will be coming to sing the popular hymn, How Great Thou Art. Thank you very much, Meredith. I really appreciate that. That was a really long introduction, wasn't it? <laughs> Basically, the short version is he's a bald, fat bloke that used to sing. And, uh, and he's here because he loves Nick Resky and Meredith Resky very, very much. And my wife, Nikki, and I are thrilled to be able to be here today. We would have come anyway, even if I wasn't singing, just because we'd like to honour the work they do and have done. We have known them for 25 years. I had a full head of hair then. I'm not sure about you, Nick. I don't think you've ever had a full head of hair. All good. <laughs> um, and Nick has asked if I would sing the, you know, the very well-known old hymn, How Great Thou Art. But what I'd really rather do, I'm, I'm going to sing it, it's okay. <laughs> but I'd like you to sing with me, because I, I don't want to perform at you. I'd much rather that we sing together, if that's okay. Is that okay? You're happy with that? Yeah, good. Um, the words hopefully will appear. I'm using a different backing track to what I've used before, so we'll kind of make it up together as we go along. Is that all right? Yeah? You're not really sure yet. You don't really know me well enough yet, do you? What have I got to do to convince you? I'm a normal person. Um, I've got four beautiful kids. I love the footy. But I want to sing with you today. Is that okay? Excellent. Please stand. That'll be fantastic. And the words will appear for us. And we'll kind of see what happens together. Thank you guys for the music. You'll need to take a deep breath because it moves a little bit quicker than the old-fashioned version. Oh Lord my God, when I in awesome wonder consider all the works thy hands have made. I see the stars, I hear the mighty thunder, thy path throughout the universe displayed. Then sings my soul, my Saviour God, to thee, how great thou art. How great thou art Then sings my soul My Saviour God to thee How great thou art How great thou art And through the woods And forest glades I wander I hear the birds sing sweetly in the trees When I look down from lofty mountain grandeur And hear the blue and feel the gentle 
Why don't you give it another big hand? And those of you that uh, know Jackie, 
she's got an incredible story and just to see her today with standing on a platform and just singing that song is a real miracle and uh, we thank God for it. Tim, thank you for coming. That was absolutely fantastic. What a voice. Uh, it took me years to teach him how to do that, but uh, why don't you give him a big hand also. Thank you so much for coming down today. It's really important uh, that we just, uh, just thank people that are along our own journey. We're just going to go to a DVD in a moment. Uh, this church is about 40 years old, and it has quite a history. And uh, we've put together just a glimpse of some of its journey. Uh, It's uh, had some ups and downs. It's also had some victories and it's had some losses. Uh, It's been through two building programs. One uh, between the years of 1979 and 1980. And this is the second building program uh, in the history of this church. Uh, In the DVD we're about to show you, you just get glimpses of uh, what the church was like about uh, 30 years ago, you'll see the different fashions and hair do's and things like that, and hopefully we then take you into a new era. It's very uh, hard to pinpoint and to just give and acknowledge just one person. It never takes one person. It's a group of incredible people that are loyal, that are faithful, that are hardworking, that are committed. And so today I don't stand here uh, by any means saying, look at what I've done, but rather look at what's happened in this church. And because of the faithfulness and the commitment of people over 40 years, we able to have in this place today. So why don't you just have a look at this and I hope you hope it just gives you a glimpse of the journey of this church. Thank you. For being a friend Travel down a road and back again Your heart is true You're a pal and a confidant I'm not ashamed to say I hope it always will stay this way My hat is off Won't you stand up and take a
Fantastic. Yeah, give those guys a hand. Well, there was 40 years uh, just at a glimpse, and uh, you can't capture 40 years in just a brief moment, but we are very, very thankful for the past. We're also very thankful to the ministers that uh, uh, were the pastors of this church. Actually, we have a couple of them here today, Pastor John Mulison and Pat Mulison, also Pastor Joe Bose and Rosalie. Could I get you to stand for us, and uh, we're going to give them a big hand today. This wasn't just our past, they're still doing really, really well, and they're very active in the community. It was actually Pastor John Mulison who bought five acres of land at Greensboro uh, about 35 years ago, and because of that decision, uh, with inflation today, we enjoy the benefits of that incredible decision, so we are very, very thankful. Today um, is a special day because not only do we want to talk about the purpose of this building? We're very excited about the building. How many of you think it's come up really well? Uh, I think it's come up absolutely fantastic. And as a church, we get to enjoy it every Sunday and during the week. Uh, but, you know, it's really not just about a building. It's about the purpose of that building. And this church, this building, has given us a greater opportunity to be able to be part of this community. But we wouldn't be here today if there hadn't been other people that have helped us along this journey, the people that actually helped build this building. And so today, uh, we want to acknowledge them, we want to thank them. Uh, I think I've got a, a, a DVD, not a DVD presentation, but a slide presentation of some of the companies that actually uh, helped build this building. Can we run that right now? And um, some of you might be sitting here. Not all people were able to attend, but if we can just have that screen through, just so we can acknowledge some of the people that actually were involved in building this building. I don't know if we can get that up there. Are we going okay? We're nearly there. They want me to keep talking. Okay, so I'll keep talking. Do you want me to tell you about my birthday, which is coming up very soon, and we can let you know about that. I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll just leave that till the end. And I just want to mention three companies that really, uh, I guess, were the core of building this building. Firstly, I want to mention Corplex. And uh, today we have a representation from Corplex. I will uh, introduce them to you in a minute. Corplex is a commercial, commercial construction management company dedicated to designing buildings across a number of businesses and organisation sectors. Five directors, 80 years of experience, uh, and they have built great buildings uh, for Nissan, Honda, Caltex, Kia, AMP, Godfrey, and Hyundai, just to mention a few. Now, I would just like all the people that are here representing Corplex just to stand for us. I will introduce them in a moment, but why don't you give these folks just a big, big hand, have a turn around. Thank you. You may be seated. I'm going to get one of them up here in a minute. Also, the person or the company that actually designed this building, you know, we, were, uh, we bought a plot of land and then we went to the architects. The architects are the ones who use their creative genius or their creative abilities to actually design a building. And, uh, you know, I don't know about you, but most people that come past this building uh, make incredible comments about just the incredible creativity. And this, this particular job was handed to Clark Hopkins Clark, 
and uh, Clark Hopkins Clark have seven partners. They uh, have designed educational, health, community, retail, commercial, uh, aged care and multi-residential buildings. They've also won many awards in their designs. Today we have one of their directors who's also on our national board uh, for the Apostolic Church and uh, his name's Dean Landley. So Dean, would you stand? This is the man that actually designed the building. I want you to give him a big, big hand. Dean would have liked to add a little bit more flair uh, with the colour scheme, but um, he said I was too conservative, and uh, we're still having a, a debate, actually it's a bet that I have won so far, uh, but he wanted me to put a lot more colour in it, and uh, he just says I'm a bit too conservative, but we'll just go with that at the minute. You've done an absolutely fantastic job, and we appreciate everything you've done. The third person who was uh, most probably the foundation of building this building was the person who actually... Uh, built the auditorium, who actually did the fit-out of this auditorium, obviously following the architectural designs. And that was Bernie Schultz, who has his own uh, private company, privately owned, uh, and uh, the company's called B. Schultz Constructions. Started in 1980, uh, and he does a lot of fit-outs. Now, Bernie is a member of our church, and personally, um, I don't think I, I could have. I actually, believe it or not, I was the project manager of the church, so I'd like to take all the credit. That's why this building has come up so great. Um, but, you know, it was Bernie and his actual guidance, um, his personal friendship, uh, his ability to help me through difficult times uh, to navigate and actually uh, to complete the building that we have today. Bernie is an outstanding person. He and his wife, Cindy, like I said, have attended this church for quite a few years. Uh, the thing that I love about Bernie, he's a hands-on person. Not only that, he's a very, very humble man. This morning, as usual, uh, I found him outside picking up papers and making sure that the place looked great. And so, Bernie, I don't know where you are. I can't quite see you. He's usually at the back. He doesn't want to be seen. But I'm going to get you to come up here, and I want you to all give him a big, big hand as he comes this morning. So Bernie, I just want to thank you personally. You've done an amazing job and uh, there is something happening that we'd like to do for your family and we'll get that in process, but you've been outstanding. And I just want to get you up here uh, just to say how much I value your incredible friendship, but also the hard work. And it hasn't finished. We've just got the warehouse, so get ready because you've got another job. So thank you so much. Give him another big hand. That's fantastic. I think we do have that... DVD or the screen, can we just have a look at all the other, the other companies that actually helped us in getting this building together? We do want to acknowledge them because there are a few people here, and that's what I've been told, that it's ready, and here we go. Here it comes. Everybody count. Uh, one, two, three. And it's, they're still waving me down. Okay, it's not going to happen. Something's got frozen. Is it coming? Yes, no. No, let's forget it. Right, let's put the lights back on. Now, I'm going to invite uh, Paul, who's one of the directors from Corplex, to come and uh, just to, uh, we're just going to talk a little bit about the building. Paul um, is one of five directors. He uh, is an amazing person. I met Paul about two and a half years ago. Uh, actually, uh, what happened is Pastor John Mulison and Pastor Joe Bowes engaged Corplex. I think they had the initial meetings with you, and I came in after the talks had begun, 
and uh, they introduced me to Paul, and Paul was the, the person that connected us uh, to this project. Um, it took a little bit longer than I thought, uh, but how many of you know three years is not a long time? But when you're impatient, three years seems like forever. Paul uh, has an incredible ability. He's a people person. If I was to uh, give him a gifting mix in a church context, I'd say he's a pastor. I think he calmed me down on quite a few occasions when I got quite frustrated and uh, his ability to uh, just navigate through some difficult situations and to just keep focused on the project was outstanding. With him uh, were two other people that I do want to acknowledge today, and one of them is Corey Turner. Corey was actually the site manager uh, of this whole project, and uh, Corey, I'm going to get you to stand. I know you have already. I want you to turn around and let everybody see you. This is Corey, everybody. He... uh, did an amazing job. He also took the brunt of my frustration on many occasions. But what I loved about what you've done, you're a people person and your ability to, to connect me with uh, just, you know, the, the different projects and things like this. And also your personal interest. You know, there were times that, uh, you know, there was tough times in, in trying to work out how we were going to uh, go forward in certain things and you'd make certain suggestions and we went that way and not only were they cost saving suggestions but they happened to be the right suggestions so thank you so much we really appreciate that and also uh, with him uh, was Winston uh, Chu would you stand up Winston Winston also and turn around let everybody have a good look you just stay standing Winston just stay standing for a minute now Winston was also Uh, part of the uh, project management and most probably had to keep me uh, accountable to where we were going with the project. He definitely took some of the brunt of my frustration. One of my goals during this venture was to try and find a wife for Winston. And uh, I'm still on that. Stay standing. I haven't told you to sit down yet. Uh, Your punishment isn't finished yet. Um, But Winston is an outstanding young man. And what I loved about the three projects that we were involved with, they all had um, you know, they all had a next generation person to help us and they're training the next generation, which is great. So Winston, what I'm going to do is if you're a young lady here around the age of 25, uh, just go and put your name down. I think you're getting a wage rise after this. Is that right, Paul? And, uh, but what an outstanding young man. I want you to give him a big, big hand and we appreciate everything you've done. Paul, would you come up here and give Paul a hand as he comes up and great to see you. Thank you. Do you know, Paul, um, like I said, is a people person, and uh, I've really appreciated that, you know, this wasn't just another project, but, you know, there was a real relationship, and sometimes things got a little bit difficult, got a little bit frustrated, but you were able to just navigate through that. So just tell us a little bit about Corplex and just your personal involvement. Well, before I do any of that, um, Nick has so humbly thanked so many people, uh, but I don't know if there's anyone else who's going to really point out that we wouldn't be standing here if it wasn't for Nick. So I think we should give him a big round of applause for doing it. It's been been a a fantastic project. Um, It's been a long project. It's had some challenges, uh, a lot more challenges than a normal project. But uh, as a team, together, we've been able to overcome them. Um, And what defines a construction company um, is our successful projects and um, obviously we market ourselves with the projects we've done and some we're more uh, proud of than others. Well, I can tell you this one is at the top of the tree. Okay, so 
Um, yeah, I'd like to thank a few other people from the church. I mean, there's so many people, uh, but you mentioned Pastor John and Pastor Joseph. Uh, Pastor John was the very first phone call I had, which I can't remember. I think it's four years. It, it's, it's a long time ago, anyway, um, and the initial meetings with um, Pastor John and then Pastor Joseph, um, who I'm very happy to see. I'll have a chat to him later. Um, and, uh, and then, of course, yourself, um, which uh, it was challenging. <laughs> no, no. Over the years, over the years uh, I'd like to think, and you've said it to me and I've said it to you, that I think our relationship has become one of friendship, um, not just a professional one. And, um, yeah, I'm very pleased with that. Thank you. Um, I was, Paul is actually a musician, and I wanted him to play a song for us today, but we are going to bring him back. You are, I'm going to get you on this platform playing with our guys, so we really do appreciate that. You have an amazing team, and you've done an amazing job uh, here, and we really do appreciate that, obviously working uh, with the architects and different teams, which is great. Um, I think it'd just be good just to talk about a little bit about some of the, the things that you have to work through as a company, just you know, with architects and things like that. Sure. Actually, thanks for mentioning that because I also wanted to thank Dean and the team at Clark, Clark Hopkins Clark. They were what a wonderful design. The first time I saw the drawing, I just went, "Wow!" You know, it's just impact. And um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's a, a process that takes a lot of people, a lot of meetings, um, and an incredible amount of teamwork. And um, when you get to those challenges, it's it's just you either the whole thing can break down or you work through it as a team, and they were fantastic to work with. Um, and uh, look, the challenges that we had, the, the lifting of the covenant, that was, uh, was quite a challenge. Uh, it took a lot longer than we thought. Um, then we had challenges with power and the authorities, and we really had to, actually we had to uh, talk to the, the mayor. I don't know if the mayor's here today. I'd like to thank him. Well, if, if he was here, I'd thank him. Um, uh, that also helped our cause. Um, and so together we got to where we are today, which is great. Fantastic. Now you do have some things, some gifts there, and I'm very excited about those gifts. And it's not my birthday and it's not Christmas, but I'll take them any time. Yeah, there you go. So I'm going to hand to you. You tell us. Yeah, well, we need somebody to come up and, uh, and open it, I suppose. But um, as part of the handover, we do like to uh, present something that, to remember us by. And, uh, and as I said, this project is uh, right at the top of our tree and so we just wanted to show our appreciation for the church giving us uh, the, the chance to, to be part of it all. So do you want my wife, yeah. you want my wife to come up? Meredith, why, why don't we get my wife to come up here and open the gift and she'll just get used to the gift that I've got her a little bit later on and just as you open that, yeah, yeah that one there. should have some music playing. No, I know, you can't. Yeah, the drummer, where's the drummer? This might take a while. We're not going to move on. While she's doing that, yep. Ken, I thought, I thought about this and I thought, I can't hand over a church without quoting scripture. Am I allowed to do that? Or is, it, is there like a, a pastor, there's, there's not like a, a pastor union, a de- demarcation dispute? I thought about uh, it's taken so long and the amount of patience that everybody's had, including everyone out here, the congregation that's moved from pillar to post. So thank God for Google. It's okay. We, we use Google a lot too in our church. That's how I, I get my sermons. 
yeah, so I thought about the, I thought about the patience that everyone's, uh, that has uh, shown, and so I came up with this piece out of the scripture, out of uh, the Bible. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. That's Galatians 6, 9. I'm going to make a preacher out of this guy one day. He's going to be a musician, a preacher. It'll be awesome. It, it is. It's, it's a coffee machine. Over. Over the years, I think I've had hundreds of coffees with Pastor Nick. We've had quite a few. You like your coffee, so, um, yeah, so I hope you make good use of that. And there's also some goodies in the, some coffee and some coffee cups. And, yeah. So thank you very much. Thank you so much, Greg. That's fantastic. Thank you. Well, it was worth building that building just to get the coffee machine. That's what I think. We finally got a coffee machine. Everybody's been saying, when are we going to get a coffee machine? Look at the staff. They're all happy. They're all excited about what's happening. Dean, uh, I know your gift is coming after, so that's really good. Well, that's a personal one to me, so that'll be really good. It's okay. It's an in-house joke. Fantastic. You know, like I said, you know, we're so thankful for this building, but at the end of the day, it is a building. And sometimes, you know, church congregations can get caught up in their buildings, but if the building doesn't have a purpose, then it is just a building. And, uh, you know, one of the biggest dangers in church life today is what we call internalization. In other words, the church lives inside the four walls of its buildings. That was never the biblical model or the biblical uh, purpose that God has for the church. The church's purpose is actually to reach and build community. And, uh, you know, we're on a journey as a church. We definitely don't have all the answers. We definitely uh, are still uh, taking small steps towards uh, how to help our community. It's a huge project, and we're definitely not the only organisation or the only church that will do that. There's some great churches in the region. Actually, I think there's about four or five new churches that have opened up in this region, and we're very excited about that. Uh, And also with other community groups and organisations, you know, we hope to partner with them uh, to help the process of helping people. We're also excited about partnering with Quest Apartments that are just uh, down the road from us. And a couple of years ago, I actually met one of the staff and uh, they were excited about this building. It wasn't up yet, uh, but they'd heard what we were going to do and uh, they introduced me to Mark, the owner of Quest Apartments, and Mark and his lovely wife uh, are here today. Kai are here and also Casey, one of their staff. I'm just going to get them to stand. I'm sorry, we just so people know you, could you just stand for us and turn around and give them a big, big hand also? And we've been on a journey and talking together about how can this building uh, be used for the business sector. The business sector, they're part of the actual community and uh, we will have a heart to try and reach people. You know, business uh, people uh, are under a lot of pressure. And, uh, you know, if we can help them on their journey, that would be really great. And Mark and I and Kai are just talking about maybe leasing some of the rooms here and the possibilities of doing some conferencing. We're nearly at the final stages and we're exciting, uh, excited about that partnership. This morning, I believe that you've uh, bought uh, some vouchers. Uh, that's 
I think what I've given one of my staff gave to me and I really appreciate that just for some, some room higher there and thank you so much for your kindness. Would you give them a big hand also? So I, I just want to just, just change focus a little bit and talk about the purpose of the church and the purpose of this building. As we were building this particular building, um, I had my eye on the warehouse that just sits adjacent to our car park. Uh, it happened to be open, owned by Corplex, and I approached Paul and said, Paul, uh, if ever uh, this warehouse come, is available, uh, it was leased out at the time, could you please let us know we would like to make an offer? It was a big stretch for us to do that, and I was thinking that it was going to come available in two years' time. I thought it would give ourselves a little bit of room to get our budgets right and just to you know, be able to, to take that step. And uh, then, uh, I think it was about September last year, uh, Corplex got a firm offer on the Corplex, it's, uh, on the actual warehouse, I think it's about 1,700 square metres. And uh, the reason I, I not only had my eye on it, I had my heart on it, was because I thought, you know, some people just, you know, f- church life is foreign to them and I'd really like to create another opportunity where we could have another um, Building where we could staff and we could offer different programs for our community. And uh, we were very excited uh, when Paul told us about the opportunity to get the building. It was a bit of a stretch, but you honoured your word. And again, I want to thank you for your integrity. You could have taken that deal. Um, you know, it was, a, it was a great deal, but you honoured your word. And today, I, I just want to say thank you because uh, not only... Uh, that you've built a great building, but I I thank you for your integrity towards that commitment. And so because of that, we were able to purchase that building, which is a huge miracle for our church, but it's secured our future. We have a generational church. We are building a generational church. We have five generations on the earth, and I'm a a baby boomer. There's uh, three generations that are following me, and uh, one of our uh, aims is to make sure that we... uh, cater for every single generation. And I really felt and I really appreciate our church and our board that they had the courage to be able to buy that building thinking about the future. And we're very excited about that building and not just this one because uh, uh, we're, we're starting to do some work in that building now. Already, uh, we've been able to utilise it. There's already a music school there that you'll hear about in a minute. Uh, There's also, we're setting up a counselling centre. We're setting up a youth uh, auditorium that will house about 150 uh, for youth events. We also uh, have a business that is... uh, uh, attached to our church called Cam Print. Uh, Cam is one of our members of our church and he sort of supervises that building for us. Uh, half of the building is still uh, to be leased out, but we're actually looking to um, see what direction we're going to take in actually setting that building up. And so what I'm going to do right now, I'm just going to hand over to some of our uh, departments just to give you a little bit of a glimpse of some of the things that we've started to do. Like I said, we're on a journey. We're a long way from uh, finishing what we believe uh, is going to be a great opportunity for this community. And uh, some of the community stuff we do is local. 
uh, it's our neighbours. Uh, some of the things that we're doing are international. Some of the things we're trying to do are national on a national basis. And so I'm going to invite in this order uh, Clarissa Valentine, who's our women's uh, director, Nat Williams, who runs the music school, John Graham, who runs one of our connect groups, Nathan Flannery, uh, who's actually the state director of Destiny Rescue, and Charles Christopoli, who's my assistant pastor, who uh, birthed Hope Tour. They're going to come up one at a time, and uh, they'll be... Uh, right to the point. So give Clarissa a big hand as she comes. Good morning. What a busy morning. I thought I'd take a few minutes this morning just to tell you about a new venture that we are undertaking. So my beautiful boys, if they they might appear at some stage, when my boys were born, there they are, two and a half years ago, some lovely people blessed me with meals and dinners. And one person in particular brought a meal over, a warm meal, every Tuesday at five o'clock, which was heaven. Thank you to that person. You know who you are. But it was just such a blessing to have a meal. It's one less thing to think about and just took the pressure off and meant that we were eating right to keep us going for the long nights ahead. And so now when anyone I know has a baby, I always make sure I take a meal over. And from there, it's just made me, it's given me a passion about extending that to other people and to other families. Um, I really feel that we as a church should be blessing our local community, people who are suffering from a loss, a family member's unwell, um, people who are just struggling to make ends meet, and um, some new mums as well. And if we, the church, can't do that, who's going to do that? So we're going to have a fundraising event to allow us to do exactly that. So ladies, keep an open mind when I tell you what it is, because some people are going to instantly say, no, no, that's not for me, but it is for you. It's for everyone. We're going to have a fashion parade, and it's going to be for all ages. We're going to have tips from professionals about how to style accessories and colours, uh, there's going to be prizes. There's going to be shopping. We're gonna, this is my big theme. Hopefully it all works. I have a beautiful runway down the middle. have shops all around the outside. It's going to be a really big night. And I really encourage you to invite everyone. It's an event for everyone who you've ever met um, to come and participate. And it should be fun. Uh, it's going to be on May the 28th. So put it in your diary, Saturday night. And tickets will go on sale in April. From the funds we raise... We're going to have a cook-up. So whoever is inspired by cooking, we invite you to come into our beautiful new commercial kitchen and we're going to have a cook-up and we're going to stock our meals with... Sorry, stock our freezer with meals and baked goods and lots of things. So as soon as there's someone in need, we can just go out and bless them straight away. So if you are um, someone who has their own business who would be interested in having a shop on the outside, please let me know. Or if you're someone who has expertise or you're a business that would like to get on board, I'd love to speak to you um, just to make it the best it can possibly be. And um, yeah, the more help the merrier and I'm really excited to get it up and running and I think it's a really worthwhile cause. So I'll just get you now to turn to the screen.
Thanks, Charles. <laughs> Thanks, Jordan. <laughs> that was just a 30-second snippet of uh, Naturally Music and what we do across in the warehouse, which is incredible to have such an amazing facility. Naturally Music's been running for, well, I've been teaching for about 15 years, and it's... I'm speechless, actually, <laughs> to um, think of the endless possibilities now that um, that we now have over at the warehouse. If we hadn't been led over there, then I was actually at a position where I wasn't sure whether or not to fold the business or to keep moving forward. And after um, conversations with Nick, and as many of you know, um, the story of how we got across there, but... Yeah, it's just been the most incredible blessing and uh, I'm so excited about um, the next chapter for Naturally Music. One of the things that I'm really passionate about, um, and I know some of you have heard me talk about it before, is that I honestly believe we all have music within within us. Music can provoke... Like, it, it, even this morning, I think it's a perfect example when people sing, you know, you get this feeling inside you sometimes and um, it can bring out memories, both good and bad. Often, you know, if you've got a broken heart, you'll sing along to a song and cry and it can be 20 years later and that song will still bring out those memories. So music's really, really powerful um, and a lot of people throughout their life have um, the opportunity to go to music lessons, um, whether it be piano or dancing, throughout their lives, they get that opportunity. But something that's been really, really stirring my heart is for those that don't have that opportunity, um, whether that be because of the financial part of it, but also because there may not just be classes available. And for me, um, what's really sitting inside me is just that burning desire to get um, special need classes up and running because why should people with special needs miss out on being part of a music class, whether it be dancing or singing or guitar or whatever it is, just because there's no nothing available for them. So um, we've actually got some meetings set up with the council um, to look at some grants and ways that we can start that program moving forward. Um, I want to say thank you to those who have already um, approached me about um, being involved and after my meeting with the council we'll be able to know further what we're able to do. But uh, yeah, it's just something that I'm so excited about and can't, I just, yeah, still am blown away with the possibilities of where God's going to lead us um, and to the amount of lives that can be touched uh, just from one-on-one -on -one contact with the people. And I know Jordan um, teaches guitar for me. Just to have half an hour alone in a room with somebody um, that may not have any friends or family that they can talk to, music stirs that up inside you. And sometimes I've spent half an hour lessons with someone just sitting there crying who I barely know. But because I think it's just an incredible emotional bond that music brings out in people. So um, I'm just so thankful that the church have given um, Naturally Music the opportunity to be across here. And uh, yeah, that I'm, it's almost like, you know, just watch out. It's going to be amazing. And I hope in, you know, six months time, I can bring some incredible stories 
um, of, of what's happened over there and um, even show you some more DVDs. So, yeah, thank you. Hi, folks. My name's John, and we're talking about the big C word today, aren't we? Church, community, and connection. So uh, my introduction today is to talk about what opportunities there are amongst our own community here. And uh, we had a fantastic opportunity to share with Ken and Ann Ralph. They're members of this church. They're members of our Connect group. And uh, there's some things that were building up at their own home that they couldn't do for themselves. So we thought we'd give you an insight, some insider information. Have a look at some of these pictures. Because we're talking about community, what, what it involves and what can be the outcomes and what are some of the opportunities. Well, this is one of the opportunities that we found. The effort. There's a lot of sweating going on on that particular day. It was very hot. The appreciation. We got the big thumbs up from Ken. That's always a good sign, isn't it, Ken? Got the thumbs up. Good to see, mate. Excellent. Okay. OH&S. It's a big thing, isn't it, when you're using a chainsaw? And there, the sacrifice. Okay. It's not really blood. It was just we thought we'd grab the opportunity with the sap from the gum tree, you know. Anyway. The joy. Look at this. That's what I like to see. Keep it rolling. That's it. The highs when you're standing upright. And then when you're not standing upright, the lows. That's right. But there's still weeds for all. You know, it's everywhere. But behind the scenes, this is why we keep coming back, isn't it? Hey, the food. Look at this. Some of the benefits of serving in, in your local community and the love. These are part of the founding members of this church. These are one of the families that are still here today and helping us along. Look at that. Not only the thumbs up, now we've got the fingers up. It's a real, real good sign here. Communities is about sharing. It's also about caring. And it's about daring to believe you can make a difference to those around you. The thing is that we're very, very conscious of is there are so many families here today and people that you know and you love and you respect, and it might be things that they can't do for themselves. We believe that community is about starting in your own backyard, starting in your own home. And that's why we have a community here is called Connect Groups. They're groups of people that meet together on a weekly or fortnightly basis. And, and maybe through those Connect Groups, you might already know people that are doing it hard people that don't have that opportunity to do it for themselves. And so within your own connect group, you can reach out, you can touch, you can impact, you can make a difference right in your own backyard, as it were. And that's all we wanted to do. We wanted to bless Ken and Ann here today and, and say thank you, we love you, we care for you as a church and as part of the wider community, we want to reach out and show you that we care. And I'm certain there are people here today that as you watch a couple of funny slides, you can relate to it and you can say... I want to be part of that. I want to connect with community. We don't have to wait for a massive big program. There are many things that are happening that you've seen up on stage this morning and you can be part of that process of change and transformation. And for that, we give you thanks this morning. Thanks for listening. And now watch the next video. Thank you.
one of the things that really motivates me in my role is the stories of girls who have been trapped in some abhorrent situations that many of us would find it very hard uh, to believe. One of these stories um, is from Cambodia, and this this church supports uh, a couple who are working in Cambodia, doing fantastic work with Destiny Rescue, called Man and Kimbra. And the, the stories that, that I hear from them and our rescue teams continue to, to tell me that the work that is happening through Destiny Rescue is absolutely significant. And this particular story about a girl called Tina. Now, Tina was working in a go-go bar, and she was being uh, prostituted um, through that go-go bar. And when our uh, team found her, she was 15 years old. And the point of time of rescue, they, they built a trust with her. They took her back to one of our rescue homes. And when she got there, she had the opportunity to just go to bed. And she went to bed and she went there and sleep, slept for three days straight. Three days straight, she just went to bed and slept. And for the, through that time, one of our social workers went to her and said, you know, what, what, do you need anything? Why are you in, in bed? Why are you just sticking in this place? And Tina said, you know, for the first time in three years, first time in three years, this is a 15-year-old girl talking. So for the first time in three years, I was able to go to bed, not to work, but to sleep. What amazing freedom is given to these young girls. What a motivating factor for us. And I, I have the opportunity now as Destiny Rescue to have our, our Victorian and Southern States office based in this church. So thank you, Nick, for the opportunity to allow us to be here. We're growing as an organisation exponentially. It's sad that there is an opportunity for us to grow exponentially because such abuses exist. But by the investment of churches such as uh, Uni Hill, by the opportunity to have a professional space where we can invite people into, where we can have a larger staff, we can see more stories like Tina's where young girls who should not have been abused in the way that they have uh, can be taken out of this evil trade and can see freedom for themselves, that they can see... Uh, a bed, not as a place to work, but as a place for rest, as a place for restoration. And that's what Destiny Rescue is all about. So thank you, Pastor Nick. Thank you for having us in the church. And thank you, uh, church, for your support of Matt and Kimbra, because through their work, these stories are, are happening over and over again. Thanks, guys. If you turn your eyes to the screen as well, uh, we've got another video. Hi, everyone. <laughs> hey, is anybody here uh, cool enough in this auditorium? First time I ever said that in our church, amen. I tell you, uh, we have been in some very, very interesting uh, settings. Um, I want to talk to you guys about one of the initiatives that we do in our church. It's called Hope Tour. There was a video. We're having a little bit of uh, an issue if we 
we might attempt to play it in a minute. But, but what happened is the story of uh, Hope Tour, I went to New Zealand uh, in 2013 and over there, one of the churches is involved in what is called a schools touring program where they go around to different schools and they actually bring a message to the young people about self-worth, uh, about that they're important and they actually in that uh, attack bullying. What happened is I heard them talk about it at a conference that I was attending. So I decided I wanted to go to New Zealand to uh, have a look at what they're doing. So I went over there and after travelling for a uh, few days, I had a life-changing experience where we went into the school and I watched them perform a program. And after the program uh, was done, I saw a young lady come up to the speaker and she said to the speaker, do you know that every year that you come, because they'd been in that school for four consecutive years, they said, you just help me to keep breathing. Now, what I didn't know about that young girl is that she had been uh, suffering from bullying. She'd actually been suffering from self-harm. And what changed my perspective is with a one-hour program, that gave that person a year worth of hope. She said to them, you just keep help me. You help me to keep going. You help me to keep breathing. So I came back to Australia and um, lay in my bed and I felt that there needed to be something for our nation that was similar. So in this church, Unihill Church, we birthed a thing called Hope Tour. I know that you guys saw it in the video earlier. Hope Tour is going to be on the screen. Is that what you're showing me? So we can show that in a minute, I think. Just keep that on pause. So what happened is I got back and I began to look into um, some of the statistics in Australia. Do you know that Australia has the highest suicide rate in the world amongst young people? Uh, one in four Australians suffer uh, from some form of bullying in any school setting. So I realised that there was a need. So we came back and um, from it we birthed what is called Hope Tour. Now we went into 17 different schools in our state with a very simple message. The, the message was to bring hope. So, so we hit it in three areas. I brought in an illusionist, his name's Andino. And what he did is he said to the kids, don't be deceived by the lies of the bully. And what he did is while he talked to them about not being deceived by the lies of the bully, he actually deceived them and talked about bullying. Then we had a dance crew called Culture Break and their slogan was that you don't become somebody because you don't, you already are somebody. And then I uh, got up after them and spoke to them about never be afraid uh, to ask for help because the goal of Hope Tour was this, if we could build self-worth in the young people in our community just enough that potentially they could reach out and get some help, then we as a church are having an impact in the community. Uh, we went into those schools and we purely wanted to love them. We purely wanted to love the kids. So that's what we did. We were in 17 schools, quite a few in our area. We were in McLeod, we we're in Templestowe, we we're in Plenty Valley, we we're in Mill Park. Um, there were many others, Whittlesea as well. There were, there were quite a few schools in our region. But what that said to me is that there's a need. So we'll continue to do that. So this year, uh, we're doing Hope Tour again. It's going to be July 18 to 22. We have a young man coming to speak by the name of James Ayton. James Ayton's story is this. He fell in love with his high school sweetheart. He uh, married her at the age of 20. Now, that's very young to get married. I was married at the age of 20. It was very, very young. Uh, you're at that age where you know that you're in love. 
You know that you want to spend uh, the rest of your life with them, but you haven't really gone through a lot in life. You don't have a lot of experience. Well, this young guy marries his school sweetheart at the age of 20 and 72 days into his marriage, he wakes up and his wife has passed away. But he talks to kids about how to get through the storms of life. Because he's made it out the other end and he's gone through a storm, but he has hope in that. And that's who he's going to talk to them. So we're going to attempt to watch this video just so you can get a glimpse of what we went through uh, last year and what we're moving into this year um, as a community outreach called Hope Tour. And after the video, I'll pass it to Pastor Nick. What a great program to give Charles a big hand. And, and so, you know, our, our goal as a team here is to make sure that our church doesn't stay in these four walls. We do appreciate the incredible opportunity we have in this great building, but we know there's a hurting world and there's broken people. I think one of the hardest things as a minister is to sit in your office and hear some Stories that seem impossible to heal. But I thank God that he's a loving God, he's a caring God, and he gives us a hope. Today, we wouldn't be where we are if it wasn't for the generosity of people in our congregation and people in our community. Uh, People have sacrificially given to vision and to the purpose that God has given us. When Hope Tour was birthed, and I remember when Charles came back and I remember turning to my wife one morning, actually the morning that Charles was going to speak about Hope Tour, about birthing, and I just said, you know, I really feel today we need to take up uh, an offering for our church 
about Hope Tour. We need to launch something into the community. At that time, we were only about 85 to 90 people. It wasn't a big congregation. We were still on a journey. And uh, after Charles spoke, I just made a plea to our congregation and said, if you're touched in your heart and you feel that this is part of what we can do to help our community, we're going to take up uh, what we call an offering. We're going to give to this project. I I was shocked. That morning, $25,000 was given. And it was able to launch a project that now we can continue for the next two to three years. It all comes because of generosity. Sometimes we don't like talking about money. The reality is, is that any vision needs money. I unashamedly uh, sometimes try to engage businesses and try to talk to businesses that, to look beyond their own borders. I don't believe that God gave us the ability to create wealth just for our own selfishness and for our own little world. And I think if we all lift our eyes, we can see that there is a hurting well and maybe our little contribution can go a long way in helping people. Today, we're going to take up an offering. There's no uh, obligation for you to give. And this is what we do every Sunday to our church. And I thank God for the generosity of our church. If you do need a credit card slip, some of you do give by credit card. If you just lift your hand very quickly, one of our stewards, one of our ushers will get to you. Uh, We just ask that you keep your hand up just for a moment and someone will get to you very, very quickly. Please feel free. There's no obligation for you to do that. But we do have a dream. We do have a vision to help our community as much as possible. I'm going to pray and then we're going to take up our giving. Father, we thank you that you are a generous God, that you've created us to be able to produce wealth. We pray today that, Lord, as we do give, we thank you that you are a God that multiplies and that you're a God that can do amazing things with faith. And so, Father, today, as people give, I, Lord, bless them, but, Lord, stretch the ability for us to use this monies to help our community in a better way. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, under your seat on your right-hand side, I think there are containers, or left-hand side, there are containers. If you just pass them down, I think they're on this side here. If you would just pass them down, one of the ushers will pick them up. Now, I'm just going to take uh, about five more minutes of your time. Who will give me five minutes? Can you just give me a wave? There's five, 10, 15, 20, 25. got another 30 minutes. That's fantastic. I'll just get you to stop there. I just want to very quickly, for those of you that maybe don't understand what church is about, you know, there's a lot of different concepts. There's a lot of different preconceived ideas about what churches are. And, you know, churches aren't without, uh, um, they're, you know, they've made mistakes. Churches make mistakes. They're run by people, hopefully under the vision of God and a biblical model. But churches aren't always, uh, you know, have always the right motives. And I think that churches in Australia um, are really working hard uh, to change their attitudes and to change the concept of what church is all about. 
And uh, as a, a generational leader, as someone who speaks uh, throughout Australia, it's exciting to see that there are young men and young women today being raised up with a whole different concept and a d- whole different approach of what church is about. My wife, Meredith, is a country girl. She comes from a, a place called Melrose, three and a half hours out of Adelaide. And um, it's her favourite place in the world. There's actually, I think there was, there's 400 people now in the community. Uh, when I met her, there was 250 people. There was more uh, sheep there than people. Uh, she wants to, me to retire there. And I just can't see that happening, me sitting on the farm uh, house porch in a rocking chair. She says that she can see it. We'll see what happens. Um, but, you know, when you drive into these country towns, you see that the church was one of the first buildings that actually went up. Whenever a new community was actually developed, the church would be one of the first buildings that would go up. It actually was the centerpiece of a community. And, uh, you know, the church was used. It's where you were born, children were born and dedicated or baptised or christened. Uh, The halls were used uh, for community uh, events and birthdays and celebrations. You were married in a church to your uh, long-life partner and and you most probably met uh, your partner at a church. We did. We definitely met at a church. Meredith actually uh, changed church. She chased me to um, uh, marry me off. Anyway, that's another story. Um, That's my version, and that's what we're sticking to. There were schools attached to churches. Today, there's there's some uh, churches that still have schools that run uh, out of the churches. The the church was a social and community place where people would connect, and it was most probably, uh, for many, their goodbye and farewell to the community where the funeral and someone's life story would be told at a funeral. Somehow, along the journey, it seems that churches have lost their impact, have lost their influence, and no longer are they the centrepiece of a community. And what a shame that is because the purpose of God and the purpose, the biblical model that God gives us is that the church was to be, God's aim was for it to be the centerpiece of a community that would be a place that people could come and not only connect but also be healed and have a purpose. I just want to give you three things very, very quickly. If you are visiting here today, and I know that we do have guests, I just want to give you a new perspective of what church is like today, what this new generation that is emerging wants church to be like. I think people uh, don't want religion. I think people react to religion. Uh, I think what people want is genuine authenticity about the gospel. Is the Bible still true? Is it still relevant? Does it have a purpose in our life? And I just want to give you these three things because I could talk a lot about it. I do wherever I travel. Um, But let me give you three things and maybe just to capture the heart of this church. Firstly, the church, God's intent was for it to be a home. Uh, You know, today there is so much disconnection. There's so much dysfunctionality happening in our communities that we've lost the ability to connect. Bette Midler wrote a song, or rather she sang a song uh, called From a Distance, and it gave us this impression that God was sort of interested, but he was from a distance. And can I say this to you? Those of you that do know, uh, have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, you know that he wants to be close and personal with you. He, He just doesn't want to be at a distance. He wants to take interest in who you are. And the church was intended to be a home. There's a great need in our community today. Actually, there's a, there's a crying need to connect. And everybody wants to be connected. Everybody's heart 
wants to have intimacy. Everybody wants to be in a place where they feel loved and genuinely appreciated. You know, the Bible is actually written in a relational context. Uh, We call God Father, uh, Jesus Son. Uh, Actually, we're told in the Bible to call each other brothers and sisters and to, when we meet, to affectionately greet each other. Now, some people say it's because I'm Italian that if you do come up to me, I'll give you a hug and a kiss. Uh, Well, maybe that is part of the culture, of my culture, but I think it's a little bit deeper than that because the Bible says that we should show genuine affection. I actually lecture about this subject and today I call it technological intimacy. Today we have more intimacy or connection through the iPhone and iPad and social media and Twitter and Instagram. You can't keep up with it. And all this this great technology, there's still this deep, great desire in the human heart to connect, to have the human touch. And I believe that church is a great place that you can come to and actually have connection with people and find a purpose for your life that goes beyond your own little world. Do you know, in the 20th century, the most sung song uh, was actually, You've Lost That Loving Feeling. And it's a sad thing to hear that because you'd think it would be some other song, but the, the most sung song was, You've Lost That Loving Feeling. And I think it's a reflection of our communities that are broken and dysfunctional and do not have the connection that we all long for. And, um, you know, it is in our heart, the heart of this church, the heartbeat of this church is to connect. And for me, it's, it, it, my church is this community. Some people say, how big is your church? Well, it's as big as Whittlesea. Uh, because I don't care whether you come to this church or not, I believe the heart of God is to reach everybody. The second thing is the church was created not just to be a home, it's to be a hospital. I thank God for the hospitals that we have uh, in this, this community. And, you know, some of us are critical about some of, the, some of the hospitals and the waiting lists and everything like that. But, gee, they have a tough job. And I thank God we've got some people in the medical profession here, and I want to applaud them and commend them. The nurses and the doctors that do come here, they have a hard job. But you know what? I'm not just talking about physical well-being. Uh, I'm talking about emotional well-being and spiritual well-being and relational well-being. Today, we live in a broken society. Today, the stats are telling us that uh, one out of two marriages break up. That, that is a huge statistic. When a marriage breaks up, it affects a family, it affects the children, and it has generational impact. Today, we're seeing the impact of broken marriages, of broken relationships, people that feel abandoned. Psychologists actually tell us that um, the greatest wound to the human soul, to the spirit, is actually rejection and betrayal. And I don't know if you've ever met anybody that has been in a place where they have been abandoned, where they've been rejected or they have been betrayed. The wounds that they carry can take years and years to heal. But thank God for God. Thank God for Jesus Christ. Thank God for possibly a loving community in the centre, the centrepiece of a community that maybe there is a place that you can come and get some counselling and get some hair, some some hair. Well, I need hair. Sorry, I'm trying to get through this very, very fast. Um, Get some help and be restored and and recover and also rest. You know, people sometimes just need to rest. They just need to come into a community where they're not judged. They're not uh, put under difficult circumstances. They're just loved because of where they're at and where they are and who they are. 
That's a hard place to find. I'm not saying we're perfect. I'm not saying that sometimes we get wrong attitudes in this place. But gee, wouldn't it be great to find a place where you're not judged, where you can take your time to heal, where you can actually have conversations, where you can actually be touched, have a human touch. That's why we have a cafe. The reason we have a cafe, and thank God for the coffee machine because we're going to use it. But the reason we have that cafe out there is because we want a place of connection. Here's the last thing, and then I'm going to close. The church is also meant to be a place of hope, just as we've launched hope to it. Do you know, hope, it's said, is hope is being able to see that there is a light despite all the darkness. Do you know, my father would tell me, my father was born in Italy, and uh, my grandparents, his parents had ten children, six boys and four girls. And my grandmother would leave a little candle uh, on her window because she wanted the boys, they lived uh, in in the... um, in the country, and so they didn't have street lights, but she would leave a candle so that the boys had a place, a direction, so they wouldn't get lost. It was you could see the mother's heart in that. And Dad would tell me that story. And I met my grandmother. I was fortunate enough to meet her, and she was an amazing person. But you know, that's what hope is. Hope sometimes is just that flickering candle in a dark place that gives us hope. Charles talked about teenage suicide. Today in Australia, you know, Australia's a funny country. We, we live in the third top country in the world uh, that is applauded for its, um, for its lifestyle. We, we live in the top three countries in the world for lifestyle, yet the statistics tell us that we also live in the th- third top country in the world for the most dissatisfied people. Can you believe that? You know, we've got this materialism, we call the lucky country, and yet there's this emptiness within us, and suicide, uh, we have the highest rate of suicide amongst teenagers, and the second highest rate of suicide amongst uh, young men in their 40s, which is quite um, astonishing. And so, you know, people today come from all sorts of broken backgrounds. I'm amazed that, you know, if you just look at the pocket behind us over here, there are million-dollar homes. And I can guarantee you that in some of those homes, they might have flashy cars and have all sorts of things, but there are broken hearts. There are people that have got something, they've got a hole in their heart. Maybe they've got a broken dream, a broken promise. Maybe they've had broken experiences, and people need hope. Did you know that the Bible, one of our scriptures that we quote here in Jeremiah 29 11 says this that without a hope there is no future that God actually gave us came to give us hope and a future and you know what without that hope we do not have a future I'm going to close with this just one story I about four years ago was asked to speak uh, for an organization called Stand Up With Confidence this organization spoke to um, unemployed people. It was actually put together by a friend of mine, and he invited me to be one of the lecturers uh, to speak to long-term unemployed people. It was a shock. Uh, I, I went there. I've never felt so much fear in my life. There was only 20 people in the room. Uh, it's easier speaking to your church because uh, you have a relationship with the people in our church, most of them love you, they know who you are, they know your family, so it's quite at ease. But I walked into this room, 20 people at a time, that were hostile, that were angry, that were depressed, they didn't want to listen to you, and you know, they were there for two weeks. And what I noticed, and what I witnessed, that you know what, some of them, one man had been unemployed for 20 years, and you know what I noticed, that all they needed was a bit of hope. The, the percentages, 67% of the people that went through that course today have jobs. 
They brought in a psychologist to try to work out what the program was about and the psychologist went away scratching their head and they said this to the actual people that were running. It says, all you seem to do is give people hope and it seems to launch them out of their dark pit. If we can do that to one person, then I think we've done some fantastic things. Would you give God a hand of praise today and thank you for listening. We're going to close. Thank you for coming today to uh, our community day. We, we do hold them. We want to hold them two to three times a year just so we can connect with the community. Like I said, we're on a journey. We're not perfect. We need help. Uh, but I do just pray today you've got a glimpse, a picture of the possibilities of what a church could do. I'm going to ask Pastor Wayne Swift, who's the national director of our movement, to come. And uh, he's going to just say a few words, then he's going to close in prayer. And then I'm just going to get Meredith and Andy. They're going to close with a song. I hope you like it. And uh, we're going to close. Thank you so much. Why don't you give Wayne a big hand? Thank you. Thanks, Nick. This is one of about 100 congregations we have in Australia. And the good thing about church is the impact it has on its community. And um, while we're here to celebrate the opening of a building, the reality is the building doesn't count for much. It's the people in the building that make the difference. And, and, uh, but this building's a great building. So for Paul and Winston and Corey and Dean and Bernie, wherever he is, a fantastic job. It's great to be here. But at the end of the day, what we want to see is the building filled with people week after week after week. We want to see the community touched and changed. And, and this church is doing a great job of doing that. I want to commend Nick in particular. I know uh, when he began the building program, he was a little anxious about it. He said, oh, I don't know if I want to do this, you know. And, um, but the good thing is he's now at the end of that, and which is really, really good. Let me, just, um, let me just finish by praying. Some of you won't be familiar with this uh, part of the process, or you may have seen people pray. And they read from something that they've written. But for all of us, the opportunity of talking to God is open. It's, it's, it's not something you earn. It's uh, God is listening to all of us. And so what I'm going to do just right now is I'm going to pray and I invite all of you to join with me and all that means you do is you bow your head and close your eyes. I'm just going to ask God to bless us, to bless this building and to also bless the church and its work in the community. So will you pray with me? And Father, we thank you that we're able to be here today with you and with one another. Father, we're here to celebrate the opening of this building, to give you thanks and to give others thanks for what's taken place our prayer is, Father, that this church would continue to impact this community as it, as it has done in many years gone by. May it in the future be a, a, like a light that shines brightly into this community where people find hope for their lives, where they find a, a, an answer to the challenges of life that they face. Father, my prayer today is even right now that by your Holy Spirit, you would touch each one of us. That as we go from this place Father, that you would be with us. Lord, when our hearts are open, I pray that you would speak to us. And we, would, we would know that you're with us. Father, I thank you for all that's happened this day. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thank you. Thanks, Nick. Thank you so much. We're just going to close uh, with an ending song. So Meredith and Andy, this is a really hard song. It took me ages to teach them how to do it. Uh, they actually wish they could warm up before they do it, but once you give them a big, big hand as they come today and they close.
All I can say is bold men rule. Yeah. 
fantastic. Took me ages to get that last note, the teacher to get that last note. Won't you stand to your feet? Thank you so much for coming today. Hey, the cafe's got some special goodies in there. Don't forget to sign up in some of the things that uh, we've talked about today. Thank you to our guests and have a great, great Sunday. God bless you. Thank you. We will to you.